You are going to be the best mom. I'm an amazing mother. You are the best mom in the whole world. Lady, you are the best mom ever. Welcome to The Mom Show, My Talk 1071's new show featuring guests and topics that all good moms will want to hear. The phone lines are open for your questions. Am I doing this right? 651-641-1071 or email the show at mytalk1071.com, keyword mom. Thank you for joining us here on The Mom Show on MyTalk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I am Miss Shannon, always happy to be part of this process where we help alleviate some of the stress in your life, hopefully with information, yes. uh, things that you would like to have time to look up and maybe you just didn't get to them because mm-hmm. everything is fast forwarded right now in our lives. Right. So we do that through um, our rotating panel of experts that come in and impart all kinds of knowledge bombs on all of us. And so today <laughs> from Sheridan and Dulas, Deanne Dulas our family law friend. Um, we always encourage you to be part of the mom show. That number is 651-641-1071. 651-641-1071. So Deanne, you guys doing a very good job of doing the the uh, working from home, show yeah. to, you know, finding ways to be a resource to your clients, even though it's not always face-to-face. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the type of work that we do doesn't stop right. when we're all in our houses. Exactly. Uh, and so we've worked really really, really hard to get all of our staff, all of our attorneys to be able to work from home and still provide the same types of work and good service to people in need. Right. And a lot of the information that you have is a completely evolving scenario that is what's going on in this county. How can you handle it in this situation? We know that a lot of those 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 storylines are changing from day to day. Very much day to day. Uh, Every county has a different protocol for how they're addressing different types of cases. Right. Uh, Some cases may start going live again uh, that had not been deemed essential before. But even those that aren't, we're still holding hearings by electronic uh, video. We're holding hearings by telephone. the world is continuing to move forward and the courts are doing their best to adapt to the needs of what people still have in order to, uh, you know, live happy, healthy lives. Right. And before we get into the show today, I want to remind everybody that our good friend Deanne Dulas is a lawyer and this information may apply to you, but this is not legal advice. We do encourage you to go and seek your own legal counsel, although this might give you some good best mm-hmm. practices and give you kind of army with the right questions to ask as you were working through that process. Yeah. I mean, today is all about trying to give everybody a enough information to be able to recognize certain issues and understand that there is a path forward. Right. So often with these issues, we feel really trapped. We feel really uh, put in a box where we feel we're alone. We feel that there's nothing that can be done. And there's no one you can talk to. And there's no one I can talk to. Mm -hmm. So talking to a lawyer really gives you that ability to ask those questions, become empowered with that information, and learn that maybe the things that you've been being told by others uh, in your life just aren't true. Right. And I had two friends have events recently that made me think of you, Deanne. Oh. Um, They were very, very, both of them were were interesting occasions. So I had one friend, he and his fiance decided to quote unquote elope because they had put off their wedding Mm -hmm. because of all of this and they were decided instead that they were going to do what we will call a mini-money instead because <laughs> okay. they got a, basically they'd already gotten their license and they got a call that said well if you want to do do it right now because we're shutting down for a month yeah. or something like that so they took that window of opportunity so that was a happy thing i have another friend who was in the process of trying to get a divorce and they've kind of told her and her partner that they need to put it on hold 
because of some things that are going on. So, well, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's the that's the hard part. Depending on where you live and what those resources are in your particular county, things are going to be different for different people. Right. Uh, each of the counties is doing the best they can with the resources they have, uh, but there's still a limit. And it's not just about keeping all of the people coming to the courthouse safe. It's trying to keep all the people that work at the courthouse safe as well so that they can continue to provide that service. Right. And another thing that we brought up um, when you were on a couple of weeks ago was talking about how the stressors in relationships, especially if things were already tenuous, have really just been heightened. And we were getting a lot of research coming back that's saying, unfortunately, some of the things that were impacted were things like domestic violence. And we made sure that some resources were listed on the website for for the Mom Show page last time you were in. Yeah. And so now we're finding is that uh, domestic violence is up. Right. Uh, there's no explanation for domestic violence in the first place, no excuse for domestic violence of any sorts. But because of the stressors that we're seeing financially and socially and the increased isolation that we've all experienced, uh, it's showing that there are a lot of people who are suffering in very violent situations or abusive situations or financially abusive situations that are feeling really trapped uh, and don't really have a good place to go or to turn. So if anyone who's tuning into the mom show today, hopefully you are not in one of these negative scenarios. If so, we'll make sure that you have some information on some resources for everybody else. If you go, okay, why am I listening to this right now? If it doesn't necessarily impact me immediately, yeah, we just want to make sure you have some information. So maybe you might be a resource to a friend or a family member or a neighbor or someone else out there, because a lot of the ways that people could seek help before might be impacted with what we have going on right now because communication is more difficult communication is a lot more difficult and the one thing that 25 years of doing this has taught me is that domestic abuse never sends an invitation right it doesn't announce that somehow it's going to work its way into your life and so even if you're not a victim of domestic violence it may be a neighbor or a child or a friend who suddenly feels they don't have any other place to go and they may tell you right in that moment when someone tells you that this is happening to them there will be an intense feeling of wanting to help right and an intense feeling of helplessness right so even if you are not a victim of domestic violence you are not facing these types of abuse it it doesn't announce itself this is a good way of getting some information so that if that happens to you god forbid that you have some information that you can provide to others. And Deanne, along with being an attorney, you also have a psychology background. I do. You have a really good uh, foundation on how people are affected with this and why they feel like they can't get out of the situation. Yeah, I mean, when we're talking about domestic violence, uh, it isn't limited to hitting. Right. Right. Domestic violence includes all sorts of different types of control issues that impact every component of someone's life. And when that's occurring, we often see that there are issues of gaslighting, right. misinformation, threats of uh, actions or control that makes people feel really, really powerless. And if you're in one of those situations, it is sometimes easier to stay and freeze in place right then try to face all of these things that you've been told will happen if you try to do something to protect yourself or your children right and so it is good to make sure that you have what are the actual realities yeah if you do decide to seek help and how can you safeguard not only you but also those people who you love 
yes, there are so many options and uh, opportunities available to you to be able to really get in touch with people who can help you. It's also really important to understand and recognize that you might be experiencing abuse without having been able to put a name to it. Right. It is often very difficult to really accept that what's happening to you is abnormal Mm -hmm. and this isn't how things are supposed to happen and that it's really abusive. And so uh, we're going to talk in the next segment about the different types of abuse that are out there. And then eventually uh, in the rest of the show, we're going to talk about the different things that we can do to really take an action uh, and dispel those myths uh, for people about You know, when they tell you, oh, if you leave, I'm going to make sure you never get a penny from me. That is not how the world works. Well, if you uh, would like to be part of the mom show, if your first thing that you could do to stay uh, to try and uh, have normalcy in your life is to make a phone call. You can call us at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back with Deanne Dulas from Sheridan Dulas here on the mom show. Welcome back to the Mom Show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I'm Michelle in with Deanne Dulas from Sheridan Dulas. I know I look at that song kind of funny every time it plays too. Yeah, uh, 21 you Pilots. Are, yeah. Come on. <laughs> 21 Pilots are kind of that kind of band group. Yeah, okay, so. I, yeah, good songs, but that seems a little opportunistic. I mean, how. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's yeah. Crazy. I'm like, well okay. done, gentlemen. <laughs> Over there at 21 Pilots. Where my quarantine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, speaking of quarantine, we are talking about some things that have gotten a little worse um, mm-hmm. for people. And and I don't want to minimize it at all. Um, no. uh, but I also don't want people to think that it is so dire that they cannot be of assistance or a resource to people that are important to them. Yeah, no, the, you can absolutely be a resource to people around you. And if you're a person who's a victim, uh, you probably were a victim before COVID right. happened and before the lockdown happened. But you may be feeling even more isolated and alone than you have been right. in a really long time. And so we're going to really be talking about the different types of abuse um, and how if someone comes to you or you notice something, uh, one of these kind of uh, triggers or one Mm -hmm. of these little uh, tells that you might be able to say to somebody, you know, hey, I I don't know everything. Right. But here's what I do know. And there is help out there. Right. And so since we brought up the fact that a lot of times when you're in this situation or someone you know is in the situation, there is that feeling of hopelessness. We do think that throughout the show, we'll give you at least a glimmer of hope and how you can proceed. Yes, mm-hmm. a glimmer of hope. And mm-hmm. also uh, posted online, we've got copies of the statutes that control a lot of the orders we're going to be talking about uh, and the information packets that are produced by the state of Minnesota to help and assist you in uh, filing for an order for protection or a harassment restraining order uh, to to help you uh, get the the assistance you need to move out of a harassing and abusive relationship well starting with definitions we can go through what you know we i think it's easier to have something when you go okay domestic violence that seems a lot more just in you know inherently easy to define yeah Mm -hmm. when people hear domestic violence or domestic abuse they always assume it's physical right and they always assume that it is something that's happening on a regular basis right uh people assume that means the the violence is happening every day or multiple times a day they assume it's like what we see on television Mm -hmm. and movies it is rarely what we see on television and movies right but it does mean that there is physical violence there is hitting, there is pushing, there is slapping, there's pulling, right. there's restraining, 
uh, all of those are forms of physical violence. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you say, oh, well, it was just a little or he was just mad or this was happening. It's once in a while. It's Mm -hmm. once in a while. It doesn't happen that often. You know, it was only because I was he was mad because I did this. There is no excuse for physical violence under any circumstance. And recognizing that is happening in your situation and that it's not normal and it's not reasonable is kind of a first step. Right. Um, it, it would be easy if, if domestic violence was always like you saw it on television, where people were yelling and screaming and you could hear people crying through their homes and their windows. Right. And you could hear the hits. But it is often not like that. Domestic right. violence hides in plain sight. Uh, and sometimes the people who are the abusers are the folks that are going to come right up to you at the fence outside in the backyard and be just the nicest, friendliest person in the world. Yes. So don't assume that because your spouse is nice and friendly to everybody else, that what he does to you or another family member does to you uh, when no one else is around doesn't matter. Right. And also, I think it's important to bring it up so that you don't feel that sense of embarrassment. Yeah. Because you're the one that's picked this person or how did I get myself in this scenario? And so you think through all of those processes of I'm the one that caused this and I feel bad and I don't want people to know that this is what's happening to me. Yeah, there's this sense of shame and guilt that somehow this is your fault. No one goes into a relationship wanting to be abused. Right. No one goes into a relationship expecting that this is how someone who says that they love you treats you. Right. Uh, Whether it's a parent and a child or two people involved in a domestic relationship, a marriage or a partnership, any of those relationships that involve that type of physical violence in order to try to control your behavior or to uh, get you to act in a certain way or just as a lashing out for something that they didn't like that happened, whether it was about you or not. Right. There is no excuse for that. It is all treated the same and it is all domestic abuse. Well, you were talking about some of the non-physical things that also fall into this category. Yeah, there's a ton of different ways that people live in abusive relationships uh, that you might not recognize, even if it is uh, because you don't have that hitting. There is no hitting, slapping, pushing that doesn't exist. Uh, Sometimes it's simply in the form of what we would refer to as threats. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes criminally prosecuted as terroristic threats where they don't hit, they don't touch. Right. But they tell you they might. Mm Mm-hmm. Or they tell you if you leave, they will do something to you. Right. And so it gets you in a place where you're worried something will happen, even though nothing has happened yet. Other types of abuse include emotional abuse or psychological abuse. And while those may sound the same, they're slightly different. Okay. Emotional abuse really talks about uh who that person is as a person putting that person down. But when you get into real psychological abuse, mm-hmm. we're actually getting to another level of that behavior, often involving gaslighting. Right. And gaslighting really is a term that we use to describe someone who will try to manipulate you by telling you what you saw yes. isn't true. Mm-hmm. So if you have a conversation with your domestic partner and later, you act upon that conversation and the person comes back and says, I never said that. You're just making this up. You must be crazy, Mm -hmm. right? 
that's another level of psychological abuse because what they're trying to get you to do is to doubt your own self, right. doubt your own memories. If I don't believe me, if he mm-hmm. doesn't believe me, why would anybody else believe right. me? And it really does put you in this very disadvantaged situation because you spend so much time going, well, what, well, what's, what's real and what's not? And, yeah. you know, am I, you know, am did Was I make that, that up? Or was that me? Right. Did, am I not remembering that exactly? Correctly? And when it happens once, it's one thing. But when your life is a series of these events where you're told that you're crazy and that you don't know what happened or your memories aren't accurate. Right. Uh, it ha- has a huge psychological impact on people. I think it also one of those things you don't think of when you're in a relationship is if they are overly invading your privacy. You know, if you can't mm-hmm. have anything that's your own. It feels like at the beginning, like, well, that's okay. We're supposed to have be open and honest with yeah. each other. We're partners, but there's a limit. There is absolutely a limit to that. When people are physically restraining you, restraining your movements, uh, controlling when you can or can't leave the house, controlling uh, your movements throughout the house based on different times of the day, uh, creating spaces that are off limits. Right. Uh, that type of uh, abuse is real. Uh, even to the place where, you know, we often don't want to go, but to some levels of false imprisonment mm-hmm. where people are kept inside their homes and not allowed to go out except for very specific reasons. Right. Or are kept in specific areas of the home um, or even on a one time basis as you're trying to move freely around your home. Someone traps you in a room and yes. threatens you or harms you. That is by itself on a single incident is also a type of false imprisonment. Right. And then I think we also, and what we're seeing a lot now is because we're already feeling this, this uh, isolation because we are trying to worry about our health and a lot of those things. So that isolation aspect seems to be exacerbated right now. Oh, the isolation is, is a huge issue right now because society is telling us we should self isolate. Exactly. And now we're in a situation where we might be self isolating with the person who is abusing us, Mm -hmm. who uh, doesn't uh, looks at our phone every day to see who we're talking to, who spies in on the uh, information that we're looking at on a computer. If we're doing searches on a computer, Uh, someone who's watching you, even following you around the house, trying to see what you're doing Mm -hmm. most of the day. That sounds odd, but it happens because there's that level and need for control. Uh, That often that need for control also comes down to finances, Mm -hmm. where all of your money goes into an account that maybe you don't have access to. Right. Or maybe the only credit card that you have is in the name of your spouse or your partner and you have no access to money and that you are living off of whatever cash money they give you. Right. Maybe with an unrealistic expectation of what you're going to do with that cash money, Mm -hmm. telling you that it's their money. They earned it. You have to try to figure out how to pay all the bills and buy groceries on $200 a week. Right. And if you can't do it again, it's back. It's your fault. It's your fault. Mm -hmm. Why are you spending money frivolously? Uh, And so a lot of these types really deal with this misinformation, this control. Um, and that's what we're going to talk about next. Right. And so if you have any questions, be a part of the mom show. Call in at 651-641-1071. We'll be back with she- uh, Deanne Doulas from Sheridan Doulas here on the mom show. Welcome back to the mom show on my talk 1071 and streaming on my talk 1071.com. Deanne Doulas from Sheridan and Doulas joins us today. We've been talking about just what does domestic violence and domestic abuse look like mm-hmm. um, in our current situation and reminding you that although things are more 
we're difficult in a lot of things in our lives right now, you can still get help. Yeah, there's still plenty of ways that you can get help. The online, the state of Minnesota has a number of resources, instruction books, documents that you can print off at home and fill out so you don't have to go to the courthouse to get the papers per se. Uh, there's also a sheet that we've posted online that includes resources for shelters uh, and other uh, advocates that can help you in this situation, even if you choose not to reach out to a lawyer. Well, there are a couple of different, I, I know there's a difference, right, between an order of protection and a restraining order. Yes. And I don't think everybody, like you hear both of those words kind of thrown around. So yeah. can you tell us the difference between those two things? Oh, yeah. So an order for protection is an order that a court issues between domestic uh, or people in a domestic relationship, parent, okay. child, uncle, niece, uh, mother, father, uh, and wedded siblings. Okay. Or not wedded siblings. That was wrong. Right. Wedded partners. Wedding you should partners. not marry your sibling. No, don't please do don't. It. No, just I didn't say that. No. That's not legal advice. We're not saying that. That's what we encourage you to do. Don't marry your sibling. <laughs> Things have not gotten that dire in no. our country that you no. need. To- <laughs> it's not. We're not that isolated. No, don't exactly. marry your sibling. Sorry, <laughs> old school uh, British times. No, we're not oh, doing that. Right, at we're all. no none of that. Okay, right. so what it requires though is, in addition to either uh, actual harm, it requires a fear of imminent harm. Okay, and that. Actual harm or fear of harm is really the distinguishing factor between an order for protection and a harassment restraining order. Okay. Because a harassment restraining order will do similar things to an order for protection, but it requires no showing of fear or fear of harm. It's simply a pattern of unwanted behavior that you would like to have stopped. Okay. So what, so when you get, let's start with the first one. Yeah. The order for protection. So you, so how do you start that process and how would it look now, especially if the person lives with you? So if the person lives with you, you need to be mindful of that. You Mm -hmm. need to be mindful of what access you have to the computer and what they may be doing to watch your access to those places. Right. There are a lot of shelters that on their websites actually have a special button so that if someone walks into the room when you're looking for resources, you can click a button and it'll immediately take you back to a, a browser. Okay. Um, and it won't show that in your history of having been there Good to um, without having to really quickly move the mouse a bunch of different places to make it look like you weren't on their site. Wonderful. But the courts also have all the papers that you would need. You would file a petition uh, for an order for protection. Uh, the documents online, you can print it out. Uh, the lines give you very little space to really fill in what um, has happened to you. Okay. So do not feel like you have to limit everything to that spot. Okay. Attach additional pages. The courts are going to look at all incidents of abuse. And recently there was a Minnesota case that came down that said it that we could even be looking at incidents of abuse with this person that happened a long time ago. Okay. Now, to get a court's attention, they're probably going to want a current act or something that's happened to either cause harm or cause fear of harm okay. that has happened. But you need to tell your story right. in this document. And that's what advocates can also help you with and attorneys can help you with to figure out how to put that story together. Because when you submit that petition to the court, the court can issue what's called an ex parte order for protection, Okay, meaning immediately the court can grant you certain uh, powers and certain protections before the other side 
even knows that you've applied before okay. they've even had a chance to appear in court. That's good to know because what a scary scenario to be in. Oh, such a scary right. scenario to be in. And you can apply for these also on behalf of yourself and your children. Okay. So if the abuse is really focused on your children, you can just apply your name on behalf of your children's names Wonderful. in that in that section. And you write down, you describe for the court what's there because what happens is the judge reviews it. And if the judge thinks that these things, if true, would constitute domestic abuse, the court will grant your ex parte order. Okay. If there you can ask for a ton of different types of things. If you only ask for things that restrict contact and ability to come to certain places, restrict ability to come to the home, uh, then you can ask for that order for uh, protection without even having a hearing. Okay. And it's left on the person receiving the order to have to request a hearing. Okay. But if in your order for protection, you're asking for custody and financial support and removal of firearms, which the court can do, they can make your spouse or your partner turn in their firearms Mm -hmm. um, as part of this. They uh, then they'll have an initial hearing where that person can either admit or deny. Right. But even during that hearing period, your ex parte order is in place. They're not in the home. They can't come near you. And the cool thing about this type of an order is violation of either an ex parte order, which just means it's Latin for without telling the other side. Okay. Okay. That's all ex parte means. Mm-hmm. It's not, we just still throw Latin in to make us look smart sometimes as lawyers. <laughs> Sorry. So you don't have to worry about, I have to disclose to them up front that I'm doing this. No, okay. no, no, no. They'll get served with a copy of it and that'll be their first chance. And they'll be given a few minutes to grab their stuff out of the house and escorted out by a police officer. Okay. And they'll only be allowed back in with a police escort they won't be able to just come back in an ex parte order allows you to change the locks okay it allows you to exclude them and again it's important because even if you've never reported any of this to the police before if they violate that ex parte order that is a crime in and of itself right and they can be prosecuted for that even if you didn't ask that they were prosecuted for any of the acts of domestic violence. Cool. Gotcha. Gotcha. So that's really important to know that there immediately will be some protections put in place uh, for you. Uh, and that it can be freeing because if you're thinking I'm going to file for this and then somehow they're going to still come back, they're right. still going to find me. This is just going to make them more mad. This is going to make them more mad, mm-hmm. which it does. It also has some really substantial consequences for them. Okay. This is the time when if you've got this order ex parte or not and you've changed the locks or you've locked it down so they can't get in, you do not open the door and try to calm them down. No. Right? You right. stay mm-hmm. inside the house, you dial 911 and have the police come to your house and they will deal with the person outside your house. Mm-hmm. And any kind of contact can violate an order for protection so including text, harassing phone calls and texts. Texts, emails, phone calls, all of that can be part of the the criteria. Now, then when we talk about those uh, harassment restraining orders, what's the difference? So this harassment restraining orders are for people who aren't in domestic relationships. They don't have some sort of family relationship with this person or a romantic relationship with this person. So if it was my old nanny. 
or something like yeah. is there something that maybe I had some reason why, you know, somebody when we used to be really good friends and something happened and we fell out. Yeah. Okay. So this could be um, it could be a, a person that you just had a relationship with a friend, just a friend who mm-hmm. maybe is now gotten too interested in you and you're right. not interested in them. It could be with a neighbor. Right. Um, it could be with just somebody else in your Fear of of relationships right. that don't fall into a domestic abuse scenario, uh, and it doesn't require fear. It's okay. just an unwanted pattern of contact. So repeated emails, repeated text messages, repeated phone calls. It is nothing in these situations to find out that someone gets eighty phone calls a day from somebody. Oh goodness! Okay, right. mm-hmm. I mean that sort of stuff happens, but it doesn't require. 80 phone calls a day to be eligible for this, right? If someone is continually uh, having their dogs do their business in your yard or moving intentionally the stuff over into your yard, right? that type of pattern of behavior is also considered harassment. Okay. Um, It can also deal with uh, racial differences, people who are harassing you based on hate crimes. Mm -hmm. It's all included in, in this kind of uh, an order uh this also involves an ex parte order you would petition for a harassment restraining order to the court you put everything in there again because the court wants to really understand your situation and if you think oh i'll just tell the judge in person you may not end up getting your harassment restraining order if you don't actually have enough information to show this pattern of unwanted contact that you've tried to avoid and you have nothing else to avoid with it um so violation of this order is also a crime and this is also the type of order that you would have a hearing on uh before a judge if you wanted to exclude them from possessing a firearm exclude them from certain places that they might otherwise be entitled to go okay if this is a co-worker mm-hmm. and they're harassing you at work a harassment restraining order can still go into place and it's up to your employer to figure out how to keep both of you employed and safe. Right. Um, but it really can stop that type of harassment um, and criminalize it in a way that just telling someone to leave you alone right. may not work. Fair enough. Uh, the other types of no contact orders that people sometimes hear about are domestic abuse no contact orders. Okay. Now, I know that sounds a lot like a, a restraining oh, order or an order for protection or an order for protection. But these domestic abuse, no contact orders, sometimes called Dankos. Okay. Again, because we have to have abbreviations for everything to mm-hmm. make it really confusing for folks. Right. If someone is arrested for a crime that involves an act of violence against a person, then the court can issue a domestic abuse, no contact order, basically in the criminal proceeding. Okay. From the very first appearance before the court after they've been arrested and booked and we're now having their bail hearing. The court can say, I'm going to release you, but it's going to be subject to this domestic abuse, no contact order, meaning you can't go there and you can't you can't do those things. You can go there with a police escort and get the stuff you really need. But here's what's going to happen in the meantime. And in that circumstance, now we're not just talking about the original crime that they've been charged with, but violation of your domestic abuse, no contact order is a separate crime. Okay. 
All right. So it really helps to create some real consequences for these folks if they decide no piece of paper is going to stop me. I'm just going to continue this I'm abominable gonna, behavior. Right. Behavior. Okay. I'm still going forward with this. Mm-hmm. And so those domestic abuse, no contact orders can be extremely helpful um, in that you have to have those amended within the context of the criminal proceeding itself. Okay. So you can't bring an order in family court or an order in civil court to try to attack this collaterally. So it's now not just you saying, I want this order, but it's also the prosecutor. Right. Who is there and understands how this works and is there to support you saying, mm, no, no, we're going to put this added weight into we're this particular put this added weight mm-hmm. into this particular order. Right. And your domestic abuse contact order is only going to last as long as the criminal case is moving forward. So it also gives you an opportunity if you haven't done so yet to get into court and ask for an order for protection or harassment restraining order without having to worry about that gap in time. Right. Well, when we come back, I know that we need to cover, there's one more type of order that we can get, right, Deanne? Yeah, we're going to talk about how uh, you can sometimes get some civil orders that will also provide some protections, but don't criminalize that behavior and why that's often used as a way of talking people out of orders for protections and uh, harassment restraining orders. Right. And we'll remind you that we will put this list of resources on the Mom Show page and we'll make sure that we give you uh, some uh, additional information before we wrap up the show today. Yeah, we're going to really talk about if you are a victim of domestic violence uh, of any of these sorts, here's some some key things that you need to keep in mind and to do to keep yourself safe. If you want to be part of the Mom Show, you can call us at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back with Deanne Dulas from Sheridan and Dulas. Thank you for joining us for the mom show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. Deanne Dulas from Sheridan Dulas joins us today with some information on resources that yeah. you could use or if someone that you uh, uh, love or are friends with is in this situation that mm-hmm. maybe they're dealing, unfortunately, with domestic violence. Here are some resources, some tips on what you can actually do to alleviate the scary, scary situation that they are part of. Or even if you you know, don't own that whole, it's got to be my job to fix this for them, exactly. right? At least give them some information, some hope, some kernels of truth out right. there to point them in the right direction um, because they're going to need your support, but you, you, you don't have to, you don't have to fix it for right. them. This mm-hmm. is not your job to fix it. But if someone's now told you something that you didn't know, mm-hmm. um, you're going to feel some guilt about right. having not noticed it sooner. But this is one of those ways to really get them some information to, to move it forward. Right. And not just sit there wondering, what what should I have done or right. why didn't I do more? Mm-hmm. Right. We always encourage you not to take on added weight if you don't need to. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, there's only so much that we can do. Right. But one of the things that you can do is point them in the right direction right. to get some help. So um, when we left, we were talking about uh, civil orders. So right. anytime that you're in a custody case or a child support case or a divorce, the court has the power to also issue orders that limit your contact with the other person. Right. These are civil orders. And so they can happen during the divorce or during the, the case itself. So the, those are called temporary orders. So okay. while the process is going they can create limitations. So and how do you, so do you have to sit there and go, 
Okay, here's why this situation is too contentious for us to be for us to be able to continue interacting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And because there are some parents who just can't talk to each other. Okay. There are some couples who cannot speak to each other. So we often will employ things like uh, different computer programs or emailing programs that allow them to communicate with each other via email or text message, but only that. Okay. Because then we also can see exactly what was said. We don't have to worry about a he said, she said, mm-hmm. and it's it's all written down. So okay. if you're willing to say something that nasty to somebody in writing, well, then you're also creating an exhibit for the judge. Fair enough. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can also have orders that once we get done with that civil case that can continue beyond the civil case itself. Those are permanent orders uh, that the court can limit your contact with each other in that way. OK, but in both cases, violations of these orders is not a crime. OK. Right. You have to go back to the judge and ask the judge for some consequence for the fact that they violated this order. And it can become really expensive to try to enforce that way. Okay. But a violation of one of these orders can be used as a basis for going in and getting an order for protection or a harassment restraining order. Okay. You just have to be really careful about documenting it so that it doesn't appear that this is just two parents squabbling over something that it's really that next level of right. action where there's some sort of harm or threat or something that's going on right that, okay something something that's taken this to the next level um it's not just you guys are disagreeing about what color to paint one of your children's rooms okay right? i mean it's got to be something more important than that okay that really is interfering with your ability to take care of yourself for parent your children okay so next we come up to what happens if you really are a victim of domestic violence. Right. And when I say if you really are a victim of domestic violence, that is really something that I think people need to think about because oftentimes people will dismiss that. They don't like that label. Mm -hmm. They don't like being told that they're a victim of domestic violence. Oh, it's not that bad. Oh, you know, there's lots of excuses that you can make. Other people have it worse. Mm-hmm. Right. Other people, right. this can't, this isn't that bad. I, you know, understanding and owning that it's not okay right. is really that first step to making a decision to live a different life. Right. So uh, if you are a victim of domestic violence, we have posted a number of resources on the Mom Show webpage to give you uh, people that you can talk to, advocates that you can talk to as well as um, the online contact information for getting these petitions so that you can um, make make an application for some help. And again, we want to remind people that many of these pages have emergency buttons that if you are in an environment where you're worried that you're being spied on or you need to quickly get out of that page, there are ways that you can do that as well. Yes. Uh, And you should find those first when you get on those pages. Look and see if you can find it. And then just keep your mouse kind of hovering over that space because if they come in, you can click it quickly and it'll just come back to like a MSN browser or a Google browser. Um, Something that it makes it easy. Well, what were you doing? What were you looking at? Right. Um, If you don't have that opportunity to look at those things, uh, that's also a chance for you to talk to a friend Mm -hmm. about trying to gather that information for you. Right. Um, If you don't feel safe gathering it for yourself or maybe you don't have the ability, you don't have access to a computer or the this person is restricting your access to a computer. Uh, Speaking of which, this is something that I meant to put in the outline, but I didn't. 
your access to a telephone is also considered a, a form of domestic abuse. Okay. So that if you're trying to call for help, if you're on the phone or you're calling 911 for help, if they take the phone away from you or prevent you from calling 911, that is a crime in and of itself. Oh, okay. So interference with a 911 call is a crime. And so if you're going and trying to seek out help and that doesn't, that hasn't occurred, Continue to reach out, try to get a hold of law enforcement, because even if it's not happening in that moment because you weren't able to complete that call, that is a crime that uh, they can prosecute. I know we only have a few minutes to wrap up, but we uh, had mentioned this on a previous episode, kind of creating that safety plan and and knowing what you're going to do during the strategy as you're trying to exit this unsafe environment. Yeah, safety plans are important. Uh, First thing is you want to really create a go bag Mm -hmm. and not just for yourself, but your children, make sure that you've got enough stuff in that bag for two or three days. Even if uh, you don't feel comfortable hiding it somewhere in your house or in the trunk of your car, get it to somebody else ahead of time to hold for you so that if you have to leave on a moment's notice, you're going to have some basics that you're going to need to, to get by for a few days while we're trying to work through all of these orders. Right. Uh, Also remember that safety is your number one priority. Uh, There is no such thing as abandoning the house or abandoning the marriage. So if you're leaving stuff behind, that's okay. Uh, You haven't given up your right to the house. You have not given up your right to the children. Your safety is the number one priority. Get out of there. The rest of the things will be handled later. Yeah, we will Mm -hmm. absolutely handle those later. Uh, It does not mean that it's all going to go away. Uh, If you really have a good uh, opportunity to plan a safety plan ahead of time, if you do have family heirlooms that you can kind of get out of the house and put someplace safe. Try. Try. Mm -hmm. Give it a try. Mm -hmm. Try to get those things out of there. Um, But... You are not going to give up your right to those things if you leave. If you leave, you won't get any money from me. It's not how this works. Right. Um, Also, if you are leaving, look for tracking information on your cell phone. Mm -hmm. Even something as simple as find my cell phone. If you share a cell phone account. If you have one of those tile key rings, all of those things. Mm -hmm. They can find you. And often the shelters that you would go to if you're going to a shelter instead of a friend's house, don't even post their addresses online. So please be safe and make sure that uh, you're changing all of those passwords. too. If you would like to get a hold of Deanne and her team over at Sheridan and Dulas, you can go to their website ssdpa.com you can also call them at 651-686-8800 all right thank you dan Uh, thank you for having me everybody stay safe we'll see you next time on the bomb show